Proverbs chapter 3. Want to read some of those verses that would be great to plant on the inside, to memorize, and to have them there? Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6 says this, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your paths straight. That's a good word. Amen. Would you bow with me this morning? Father, I thank you again for your word, and I thank you that it is a living word, unlike any other that has ever been printed on page. I thank you that you've given us your spirit that opens up our hearts and opens up our minds. I thank you, Holy Spirit, you've been powerfully at work this morning, opening our eyes to things that flesh would never grasp. And I thank you that as we look at your word today, that you have prepared the soil of our hearts to receive the seed. It is not hard, it is not rocky, it is not thorny, it is good soil. We declare good soil in this place. And I thank you that as this word goes forth, it will be understood and it will accomplish the purpose for which it is sent. Holy Spirit, before we begin, I ask for a fresh anointing. Would you take literal possession of me, my mind, my mouth? I only want to say those things that I hear you say and do those things that I see you do. With the authority you've given in the name of Jesus, I bind up every demonic bird that would seek to snatch and pervert the word that is going to be sown. I command you now to be silent and release every person be outside the walls of this building in Jesus' name. I declare this to be holy ground. And Father, I thank you again that during this time you will be speaking into the hearts and minds of every one of us, your children, who have ears to hear. Thank you that you're going to say things today that are not going to come out of my mouth, and I thank you they will be heard, people will know it's you, they will capture it, and they will be obedient to it. We believe a single word from you can change everything. And so by faith, we say thank you in advance for what you're going to do in the powerful name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody ready said, amen. I want to read again the verse out of Psalm 77, 19. We began looking at it a number of weeks ago. As we began this series, in the New Living Translation, it said this, your road led through the sea, your pathway through the mighty waters, a pathway no one knew was there. A pathway no one knew was there. This morning we're going to carry on in the series called Kingdom Solutions, and we began by talking about Moses and the Red Sea, the circumstance. We talked about Gideon, we talked about Joshua, we talked about two examples right here at home. Last week we looked at the account of, how many of you were here last week? How many were here? The majority of us, we looked at the account of Nahum the leper who came to Israel to be healed. And we looked at the response of two different people, the response of the king of Israel, and the second, the response of the man of God, Elijah, that was in 2 Kings chapter 5. And we ended off by looking at my own experience when we were building our house, uh, dealing with the toilet. You remember that? The toilet. I hope that's not all you remember from last week. 
If you didn't hear the message, I would encourage you to go back and do so. It just lays a foundation for where we're going. To begin this morning, I would like you to close your Bibles. Can everybody just close your Bible? I don't want it open. Can everybody shut off your phones? I don't want anybody Googling while we're, we're doing this exercise. As soon as your phone is off, just raise your hand, would you? We're going to stay here until everybody's hand is raised. Should we order pizza? Some of you are going to take a while. Thank you. And bless you again for those of you who shut your phones off at the beginning of every service and uh, keep it silent in here. Bless you for that. I want to give you a couple situations, and um, really what they are is that problems that together we are going to solve this morning. That's what we're going to do. And we're going to use our collective wisdom in here because if we added up all the years and all the wisdom and all the education and all the experience in here, we would have a pile, a pile of wisdom and experience to draw from. And I believe we're going to be able to come up with solutions to both of these problems. I want you to imagine with me, and this is actually a real-life scenario, um, I want you to imagine with me it took place a number of years ago before chainsaws were even invented. The time when you were out logging and they had to use an axe or they had to use one of those saws. Some of you remember those times, right? Um, I don't know this joke very well, but how many of you are Ukrainian in here? How many are Ukrainian? Just raise your hand if you're Ukrainian. Yeah, just you, raise your hand. Yeah, as long as there's only one of you, that's awesome. Okay, are you ready for this? So the, uh, the um, Ukrainian government, they bought chainsaws for their people so they could go out in the bush. They're brand new, they've been using them around the world. They, they bought them, gave them their people to go out into the bush to start logging with. They never had them before. Are you sure the only Ukrainian in here? Are you sure? So they bought the chainsaws. They, they sent them out and they were out there working with the chainsaws and so eventually one of the uh, ministers of the government, he went out there and, and he, he went to where they were working and it was totally quiet and, and so he goes up and he gathers some of them at coffee break and he said, so can I ask you, how, how are they working? And, and they said, uh, well, it's actually taking us a little longer than when we use the ax and the... the you know, the saw. And so the guy said, like, I'm not hearing any noise. And they said, what noise? He said, give me a saw. He turned, Vroom! they all jumped back and went, whoa! They didn't know that they turned on. They had been cutting trees without them on. I'm glad you're the only one. I know, I know. That's, I love you, I love you too. But I want you to imagine and this is a true account. I want you to imagine a group of men. They were out in the bush by a river, cutting down trees in order to make a shack, a building, a shelter, something that they could live in when they were out in the bush doing the work. Now, I need to tell you just a little, little side story. Um, my dad and his brother back in the 40s and 50s uh, went out in the bush, and they did some of the bush work that were out there. It's kind of interesting when my dad got older. Uh, he wanted to take us kids out there and drive us through, and he would go, that's where we did this, and this is where we did that, and this is where we did that, and almost every year he would take his cousin, they would drive through there. I mean, it had interesting memories for him. But my uncle, he was the kind of guy who virtually lived in the bush. In fact, he, my dad did it just periodically. He lived in the bush. He worked in the bush. I don't know if I've ever shown any of you this picture. I have a picture of my uncle. Now, when he was in the bush, he would go out there, and there was one time when he went out, 
and he found a baby moose that had been abandoned by its mom. And so he took this moose back home and he raised it, he fed it, and he trained it, and I have a picture of my uncle with a huge bull moose with a rack, fully harnessed, pulling a tree out of the bush. Zach, am, am I telling you? You've seen it. Now, I don't know how many years he had it, but for years, he used this, this moose to do his bush work, pulling trees out of the bush, and eventually went to the lumber bill. Incredible. Sometime, I'll, I'll find that picture, I'll shoot it up on the screen just so you can see it. It is, it is a one of a kind. But the scenario is a group of men, and each of them had an ax, and they were, they were chopping trees down, they were delimbing trees, building that shelter, but when one of them, standing a little ways from the river, he was chopping it down, and, and we know how this works, on his back swing, in order to chop the tree, the ax head goes flying off the ax handle, flying over into the river, plunks down in the river, and he's like, great. And he kind of hollers out. And the other men who were around him, they heard him holler, and they kind of came over there, and they said, what's going on? And he makes a face, he says, well, this is what happened. My ax head is over there, and... So they began to talk about, here's the question, right? What am I going to do? Here's the question. Now, I want us to stop here for a second. This morning, we are going to answer this question. The situation is the axe handle is here. The axe head is over there in the river. And the question is this, how do we solve the problem? I just need you to raise your hand and give me some solutions. Our collective wisdom. Now, some of you are a little whiter up here than others. You should have a pile more than we do. You know what I'm saying? And some of you aren't white because of technology. That's okay. You're still white. You've got wisdom. <laughs> Help me solve the problem. How do we fix it? Mike? Someone's got to go in the water. Someone's got to go in the water. It's true. Say it again. It's right. Amazon. Three days. Bob, you just sit here in three days. It'll show up. They'll bring it to the bush. I saw a truck yesterday in the bush. Dean, what? A magnet. Okay. Say it again. Yep. Have another axe. Yep. Have another axe. That's a good... We, we'll, we'll get there, Dennis. Just back off until we get there. Alan, say it again. Metal detector. Okay. Yeah. Does a metal detector work in, in water? There are some, are there? Divers use them? I've seen them walking on the beach in Mexico. They're, they're all out there just pulling coins and jewelry and all that stuff out of there. Any, any other good one? Dean. Wow, that didn't even cross my mind. Okay, so we're basically talking about what happened in Alberta. Just burn the trees instead of cutting them. Burn the trees. My wife would probably say to you what she says to me, Dean, not all your ideas are, are good. 
Anything else you can come up with? Mary. Well, you're talking after you get it back again, you soak it and then you make it stick like that so it doesn't fly off. Yeah, you're way past that. We, we, gotta, we gotta get to the point where the ax head comes out, right? Okay. Anything else? Amazon is good. I like Amazon. Three day holiday before we get it. And Dean, you got another one? Pray for direction. Yeah, you're already touching on Dennis there. Anything else in anything else we, we you anything else you can think of in here? Come on, this is our collective wisdom, guys. Years. Thousands of years. What's that? Yeah, a spare axe, right here, yeah. Uh, have another axe. Yeah, that's that's a good spare. Dean, you got another one? Huh? Tame to moose, yeah. Wow, you are regressing. Okay, tame beavers. You do believe in miracles, don't you? That is, that is really... Okay. Say it again. Oh, Juju. No, no, don't go there yet, Judy. Okay, thank you. Yeah, you're you're appealing to you're appealing to something else. Okay, yeah, we'll get there. Okay. Hey, hey, hey! Is that what you're going to say? So make another axe head. Make another one. Make another axe head. Out of stone, right? Yeah. Let me just say, I think Amazon would be faster. I, I really do. Okay, for those of you who were here last week, <clears throat> let me ask you a question. The axe head in the water, the handle here, how to get them together, is it a first heaven problem, a second heaven problem, or a third heaven problem? What are we dealing with here? First heaven. We're dealing with the first heaven problem, right? Physical, was no demon that grabbed it, probably not. Fell off the thing, went inside there, we're dealing with a first heaven problem. Okay? So, a first heaven problem, a first heaven solution, right? For us to think about first heaven solution <clears throat> is totally natural. That is the first thing that we look to is, oh, here's the problem, first level, how do we fix it? And every one of these is a first heaven solution. Natural. I want you for a moment, and we talked about this last week. Um, does God just want us to come with the big problems? No. We talked about that. Some, some people struggle with that. Man, there are people who are still going, you know what, I got a brain. I don't need to go to God. I'm going to decide things on my own. I'm going to do things on my own. When I hit a really big one, then I'm going to go to God. We talked about it last week. Boy, if Jesus would have done that once, we'd be hooped. And if you want to make him your model, then we kind of need to make him the model. But the reality is, God's not just wanting us big. God wants us with everything. Why? Because he cares even about the little problems of our life. Now, here's a great saying I heard years ago, and let me just ask you, losing an axe head in the water, that's a first world issue, right? Like it's not life or death, that's, that's a first world issue. So when you put it in perspective, it's not a mountain, it is like a gopher hole. That's really what you're dealing with. 
Is that something, like Dennis said, is, is that something you take to the Lord, a gopher hole issue? I want to show you the reality of this. That God has third heaven solutions to first heaven problems. He's got third heaven solution. Would you turn with me to the book of 2 Kings? A couple people already alluded to this. 2 Kings. Last week we were looking at the account of Naaman. And he was in 2 Kings chapter 5, the whole account of leprosy, where he went to the Israel, then he went to Elijah. We know the story how he got healed. I, I want us just to go to the chapter after, chapter 6 of 2 Kings. Everybody there? I'd like you to see this so that you know that I'm not making it up. I'd like you to see it. Beginning at verse 1, the company of the prophets said to Elijah, Look, the place where we meet with you is too small for us. Let's go to the Jordan River, where each of us can get a pole, and let us build a place there for us to live. And so Elijah said, go. Then one of them said, won't you please come with your servants? I will, Elijah replied, and he went with them. And he went to the Jordan, and, he began, and they began to cut down trees. As one of them was cutting down a tree, the iron axe head fell into the water. Oh, my Lord, he cried out. It was borrowed. The man of God asked this question. Where did it fall? When he showed him the place, Elijah did this. And I want you to see this. Elijah did this. Elijah cut a stick. Elijah cut a stick and threw it in the river where the guy showed him the axe head was and made the iron axe head float. We all know the story, right? We know it. Made the axe head float. Lift it out, he said. Then the man reached out his hand and he took it. Let me ask you a question. How long do you think, without the Bible, we would have sat here in this room trying to come up with the answer to get the axe head out of the water? One of us would eventually put our hand and said, I think we need to cut a stick, we need to throw it in the water, and that sucker will float. How long do you think we'd be here? Millennium, forever? Can I just say, probably Jesus would come back while we're still grappling with the solution to the axe head. Do you know what I'm saying? All of our collective wisdom and all the time we would have taken would have never come up with a third heaven kingdom solution to the axe head. Now question, did, did God care about the axe head? Yeah, he cared about the man, and because of that, he cared about the axe head. Most all of us would have got another axe, or we'd have called Amazon. It's true. It's true. Can I begin to plant this inside of us? Kingdom solutions are not natural. 
There's not a single one of us in this room that is smart enough to come up with kingdom solutions to first or heaven, first heaven or second heaven problems. There's not a single one of us in this room that is smart enough. Kingdom solutions are not found in textbooks. You won't find it on Google. Kingdom solutions cannot be generated by our flesh, mind, and thinking. They cannot be generated in the flesh. And like we talked about last week, my dad, 50 years of experience, kingdom solutions are not found in years and years and years and years of experience. They're not found. Like the Red Sea, God had a pathway that nobody knew. God had a solution that no one in their normal flesh thinking could have ever come up with. That's how you know his kingdom. This past week, I called Zach. I've been praying about something, and I had an idea. And I said, Zach, would you just pray about it? And so he said he would, and he got back to me a little bit later, and he said, Dad, he said, that has got to be kingdom because it is so not something you and I would think about. It's pretty cool. Let's look at one more. A number of years ago, there was a young lady attending our church here. She was going to Augustana University. Her family was from British Columbia. Her grandma lived in Camrose, and so when she came to Camrose to go to university, as a result, she ended up coming to our church. One Friday in the school year, and I can't remember if it was spring or fall, I don't remember which one it was, something happened that caused her to break her collarbone. I can't recall if she fell, she got hit, but she was in incredible pain. The people who were with her, they ended up taking her to St. Mary's Hospital here in town. They x-rayed her, and they found out that she had broke her collarbone, and the doctor came into the room in the emergency and sat down beside her, gave her the news, and began to tell her what needed to happen. I want us to stop there just for a second. She broke her collarbone. Now, we don't have any doctors in here. We've got a number of nurses in here. We've got a number of uh, paramedics in here. We've got people who are involved in the healthcare system in here. And so even if, even if we haven't, we've all been around uh, in, in these kind of things. And let, let me ask you, first of all, how many of you have ever broken your collarbone? Just raise your hand if you would do that. Just raise them high. I want to I see. One, two, three. Yeah. I just want to say this. I don't think kids today break enough bones. <laughs> Can I just say that? We, they are way too protected. Uh, kids, especially who are raised by single moms in their homes, mom put a, moms put a, a hedge around them where dads open it up and go, try it, you won't die. Like, that, that's the difference, Right? We talked about this one, one day um, in my upbringing up until I was 19 years of age, broke 11 bones in my body. Broke 11. Uh, Mom and dad loved me. They did. I'm, I'm not telling you. They threw me out to the wolves. It's just what you did, right? I broke my collarbone three times on the left side here. Eight years of age in uh, vacation Bible school, running around the church during the break in Westlock, I landed, fell, tripped, landed on a stone, 
and broke my collarbone two days before we're going on holidays to BC. So I ended up in this thing the whole time we're in holidays, could only go up to my water, up to here in the water in, in Kelowna. Uh, remember that like it was yesterday. First year of Bible school in Camrose, came to CLBI. Uh, first day we were there, uh, we checked in and then a bunch of us guys went across the field when there was a field and started playing football, uh, got tackled uh, with flag football, got tackled, went down and broke my collarbone. And uh, how many of you know that it does not break on the same break? How many of you know that? Yeah, why does it not break on the same break? Yeah, because the heel is stronger than the bone. So it broke a half inch over from my original. Healed it up, that was a great way to begin Bible school. Uh, just a couple years later, playing football again, and I should have learned my lesson, no more football. Uh, tripped again, tackled, went down, broke my collarbone. I got the third one, they're all a half inch apart. Don't laugh, who's laughing? Mary, was that you laughing? Yeah, that, yeah. <clears throat> okay, I want you to think about this. Let's do this. Let's take our collective wisdom Let's come up with a solution to this problem. Broken collarbone in the hospital. This shouldn't take much because there may not be many. Give me some solutions. Sling it. For how long? Yeah, six to eight weeks in order for it to get better. Give me another solution. Huh? Could do surgery. I don't know that they do, actually. Yep. I don't know. Depends how severe, but if it's just a clean break, I doubt that they would. They just pop it and do. But if it wasn't, they would probably pin or something. Give me another solution. How do we fix it? Yep. So we're just meds. Thank God for pain meds. Say it again. Yeah, back off, Dale. Just let's, we'll get there. We'll. Somebody else? Anybody else? It's pretty straightforward, right? Right? There's not a lot of, we know, first world, first, first, first heaven issue in this whole area. Uh, and just, I won't, don't want to ask you a question, but I just want to say, uh, a broken collarbone, is that a, is that, would that be a first heaven issue or a second heaven issue? Could be both, right? Could be both. First of all, what the doctor said. Right there in the hospital, the doctor said, I, uh, I would like to put a cast on you because of the severity of the break. I'd like to put a cast on. I want to keep it in place. I don't remember for how long. I'd like it to be there until it heals. Now, can I just ask you a question? Are, are these logical? Is, to sling it, is that logical? It really is. Okay. If it needed surgery, is that logical? It, it is logical. Uh, meds, if it's in pain, you give, is that logical? It is, right? The doctor's solution, let's put a cast on this thing so that it holds it into place and then after six, eight weeks, you'll be, okay, we're, we're, we're talking absolutely logical, right out of a textbook. And probably 999 out of 1,000 people would choose it. Listen what happened. This young lady, university student, so not stupid, not ignorant, in any way, in any way, said to the doctor, she said, doctor, not today. She said, I would like you to just put a sling on me. She said, I want to go to church on Sunday and be prayed for first, 
And if it's not healed by Monday morning, I'll come back and you can put me in a cast. Can I ask you two things? First of all, what do you think was going through the mind of the doctor? Well, young lady, after we cast you, unit three is right down the hall to your right. The doctor is going, what are you talking about? The doctor is thinking, what, what do you, what, what, what are you, to, what? You're going to be all weekend, waiting till Monday in order for this to be looked after? We could go on with what the doctor told her in that room. Some of you have been there. A professional doctor, years of experience, he's probably seen it a thousand times, he learned it in school, it is textbook, here is a problem, here is a solution, we know it, it's logical, it's medical, it is a real solution. Or let me ask you a question, is it? I have to tell you, uh, what the doctor was thinking really didn't interest me a great deal. What the lawyer thought three weeks ago with that couple who was divorcing, that really didn't interest me. Honestly, even what my dad was thinking with our plumbing problem last week, that really didn't interest me. Can I tell you what interested me? What the young lady in emergency was thinking interested me. Now, Holy Spirit, speak. I don't want you to miss this. What she said must have seemed like to the doctor to be absolutely foolish to the nurses, totally foolish, because it didn't fit into their first heaven box. I prophetically declare some of us are breaking out of our first heaven level boxes today. I prophetically declare that. Some of you are going to hear something today that is literally going to shift your thinking for the rest of your life. What was she thinking? I'll tell you. And I learned all of this after the fact. She said as she was waiting in the emergency room for the doctor to come in, she was praying about what had just happened, and she said while she was praying, a thought entered her mind that she knew was not her thought. Now, how did she know it wasn't hers? Because she wasn't thinking about it at all. It wasn't logical. It wasn't at all what she was expecting the doctor to say, but she heard it, and hear me clearly, not audibly like I'm talking to you now, but she had a thought, it was there, and the moment she had it, she believed it. She didn't reject it, she received it. And she told me after, she was thinking, okay, how am I gonna do this? How can I make this happen? This was the thought. This is what she got. Before you do anything else, go to church on Sunday, have the pastor pray for you. That was the thought. Here's the beautiful thing. 
when she had that thought, she did not quickly dismiss it like, that's crazy. What's that going to do? I'm here now. Let's just have the professionals deal with it. I I won't even ask you if you've ever had a thought that you've dismissed like that and just went with the natural. I won't even ask it. Why? Because we've all done it. I've done it. You've done it. We probably did it yesterday, maybe even this morning. Those thoughts weren't there inside of her. When she heard it, she believed it. And she said what she began thinking is how she was going to tell the doctor without him thinking she was crazy. That is what she began wrestling with. But she did it. Telling him that she wanted to do this first, and if nothing changed, she said, if nothing changes, she said, I'll be back here Monday. I'll do what you suggest. I'll receive your solution. So what did the doctor do? The doctor put the sling on her in the hospital, gave her all kinds of warning. She left and went home. This was Friday. The rest of Friday, she stayed home and she rested. On Saturday, she woke up, she stayed home, she rested with her arm in a sling all day Saturday. Why? Because she was waiting for Sunday. Sunday morning came. She said she took her time. She got ready for church. She got a ride to church that morning. Grandma came and picked her up. She came in and she sat down where she normally sat. And when she was in university, she would sit over there with a bunch of other university kids. And she waited for the right time to ask for prayer. The whole time, I want to tell you, I had no idea what was going on. None. I was doing that day what I always do. Got up early in the morning, spent time in prayer in preparation for Sunday service. Jane and I came in early, as we always do, and enter into the pre-service prayer room. I opened the service like normal. We went into worship, had congregational prayer time, took an offering. I gave the announcements like we did today. Everything we did today, I released everybody for the fellowship break. Everybody got up. They began going. And as people were getting up and as they were going, I went to my briefcase. I went and got some things, and I came back over here, and I was putting it together. And when I got here and I turned around, she got up from her chair. She walked out into the aisle. She came over here, and she was walking toward me. I turned, and I looked, and I saw her in a sling. And I just stepped out. I said her name. And I said, what happened to you? So right here, everything going on here, right here, she tells me what happened that caused the break. She said she'd been to the hospital and they put her in a sling and then she said, Pastor, she said, would you pray for me? I didn't have the full story. I didn't know any of that other stuff. She just said, Pastor, would you pray for me? So right here, in front, while everything else is going on, I just gently put my hand on her arm. We prayed. I agreed with her for healing. I said, amen. It wasn't long. It wasn't loud. I gave her a gentle hug on her good side. She went and sat back down in her chair. I called people back from their seats, uh, preached the sermon, closed the service. She gets up. She goes home. She said, when I got home, I just had a little bite to eat. I was tired. She says, I laid down and I went to sleep. She said, sometime later, as I was getting up, she goes, instantly I knew something had changed. She said, there was no pain. 
She said, so I began to move it a little bit slowly. She goes, no pain. She says, I began to move it a little more. She goes, no pain. She says, I stood up and I moved it even more. She goes, no pain. She said, I took the sling off and I just began doing this. She goes, no pain. She said, I was completely healed. Back to school on Monday. No hospital, no cast, no six, eight weeks of healing. No drugs, no meds. Back to normal. Can I ask you a question? How come? How come? Do you remember the story of the woman in the Bible who had the flow of blood for 12 years? Do you remember that story? The Bible says that she spent all of her money over a 12-year period of time going to doctors in order for that issue, that flow of blood to be healed. And she was not healed. It's one of those accounts that is found in all three Gospels. Matthew 9, Mark 5, Luke chapter 8, all the Gospels have it. She spent all of her money. She had a second heaven problem. She had a second heaven problem. For 12 years, she had given money to those who could only provide her a first heaven solution, and her problem was not solved. Somewhere along the line, she heard of a third heaven solution. She'd heard about Jesus. She heard of this one who healed others. And would you finish this for me? She heard it, and when she heard it, faith comes by as a result of hearing. A thought entered her mind that was not her thought. It was not the world's thought. It was not flesh-generated. It was certainly not demonic-generated because she was dealing with a demonic second-heaven issue. But a thought entered her mind that caused her to say this. If I only touch his cloak, I'll be healed. 2,000 years ago, this woman had a thought, if I only touch, it was a kingdom solution. Several years ago, this young lady sitting in a hospital emergency room had a thought, before you do anything, go to church, have pastor pray with you, it was a kingdom solution. Wednesday night, we have been watching the Chosen series, powerful. They have done just an absolutely awesome job on so many things. I want to show you that scene this morning. I, I just want to tell you this. I had a chance to watch it this morning when I was queuing it up for the guys at home. I was just standing in my family room and I went to that spot and I watched it. Six minutes, I watched it. I was absolutely weeping in my family room this morning. I had to pull myself together to get here today. I want to show this to you. I want you to see the scene. I want you to see what it could have been like. This, this isn't, this is based on a true story, but would you let the Holy Spirit speak to you about a kingdom solution? Just watch this. Shoot it up, guys. 
Okay. My students. Tell me if that's not powerful. Next week, we're going to look at how we get there. How we move away from trying to deal with first heaven and second heaven issues with first heaven problems, with first heaven solutions. Whether it's an ax head, a broken collarbone, or an issue of blood for 12 years, or anything else you and I will ever come up with in our life. Third heaven, kingdom, solutions. You with me? Dana or Zach, can I have you come? Would you bow with me this morning? Father, this morning we sang in a chorus. I've tried so hard to believe it. Father, we've sat in churches. We've been raised in Christian homes. But the only modeling we've had, especially in our Western world, to fix a first heaven problem with a first heaven solution. And when we've had those times where we have been hammered with a second heaven issue, the demonic has broken out in our life and we have been in bondage. And as we have tried and tried and tried with first heaven solutions, hasn't worked. We've come to a place of believing it'll never change. I'll always be broken. I'll always be addicted. I'll always be in pain. Father, I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful that you come. And as we begin to hear the truth of your word, as we begin to hear, when heaven breaks into our issues, that you have a path we didn't know about. You have a solution that didn't even cross our mind. Throwing a piece of wood in the river and an ax head floating, Father, that was you asking to wait until Sunday for the pastor just to pray a prayer. That, that was you. Believing if I can just touch the hem of his garment, that was you. Your solution broke through. And you found people who did not dismiss it, did not write it off as crazy did not say, that's stupid, that, that won't work, that, that's not logical, I've never heard of that or read that anywhere. But people who went, okay, I'll throw the stick in. I'll wait till Sunday. 
I'll press through the crowd and throw myself at his feet to just touch it. And your solution changed everything. Holy Spirit, thank you that you are powerfully at work in every one of our lives. Breaking us free from our own logic, breaking us free from our education, breaking us free from our own experience and bringing us to a place where we begin seeking a path we don't even know exists. I thank you again, Father, there is not one issue represented in this place that you do not have a solution for. Just because we don't know it yet doesn't mean it doesn't exist. I ask, Holy Spirit, that you would cause that bumper sticker of a scripture to come alive, to become a rhema word where you said, trust you with all of our heart. Lean not on our own understanding. but in all of our ways. Acknowledge you. And you will show us the path. Holy Spirit, minister to us today. As we walk out of this place, we give you the freedom to shift our dependency. We may have looked to ourselves, looked to first world, first heaven. We may have looked to our experience, our education, our entire life. God, we give you permission to shift us away from us to you. Not just the big things, but even the accent things. you care for us. Prepare our hearts, Father. This week, would you speak? In our quiet times, would you speak? Would you begin to massage us? Would you begin to move our faith? Would you begin to shift our belief? Would you begin to take us to places we maybe have never been before for our own lives and our issues, but then, Father, for the lives of those around us, for the issues that the world does not have answers to? <sighs> Make us the Elijahs of our world. And as people experience your third heaven solution, trust you with their life. I ask you would seal what you have begun here today. Let it not be forgotten as we walk out these doors, but prepare us for greater revelation. We ask it in the powerful and the beautiful name of Jesus. Would you stand with me this morning and receive the blessing of the Lord? As a child of God, 
bought and paid for by the blood of Christ. Today, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord cause his beautiful face to shine on you and to be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and today fill you with his peace. And fill you with faith for every issue in your life to experience the kingdom solution. I declare it in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And everybody believing and wanting to believe said, Amen. Amen. God bless you, church. Have an awesome week. We'll see you all throughout the week.